0: Sweetie, are you listening?
1: Mary, I've said it once. So I'll say it again. I can do two things. Two things
0: at, at once. Yes, I know. Uh, but we really need to talk. And Joseph. Yeah. I need you to listen.
1: I am listening so hard right now. I, you can't even imagine how much I'm, I'm concentrating on, on you and. Words. I'm overwhelmed
0: by your concentration. Can you can you just stop for a second, please? Mary, I would love to
1: stop for a second, but I can't. Why not? We're going to be married soon and I just I just want everything to be perfect.
0: Joseph, I love your heart. I really do, but you know not everything has to be perfect and that's okay because we don't know what life is going to throw at us, you know?
1: Right, but I, I still want a house worthy of you, and, and to do that, I, I, I've got to work, because a man's...
0: man has got, got to have a plan.
1: Have I mentioned that before?
0: A time or two. Mary,
1: I have so many plans for us. This table, this is where we're gonna have our meals together, and, and, and I've made it big enough for, for to seat some little ones, for down the road, of course
0: about that. Where did I put
1: that chisel?
0: Joseph, I need to tell you something. Something, something unbelievable.
1: Did I put it in that shelf?
0: I was visited by, by an angel. Yeah? (laughs) And he he told me that I was highly favored. Mm Mm-hmm. And it all felt, it felt like a dream until he, he told me something. The instant he said it, I knew that it was true.
1: I just used it. I I just had it.
0: Joseph, are you listening to me?
1: Yeah, that, that sounds really great.
0: Joseph. Got it. I'm pregnant.
2: our coming Savior. What an announcement. A theologian once said that God speaks to us in two ways. He will either whisper in our ear or he will smack us upside the head with a brick. Listen for the whisper because the brick will hurt every time. Can you imagine being in the shoes of Joseph and Mary? the emotion, the thoughts that are going on in their head. Mary being visited by the angel, hearing it, being freaked out, accepting it. Then having to try to find the courage in just the right time, the right moment to break the news to Joseph. Hey, guess what? Joseph hearing that for the very first time both of them trying to listen. Both of them trying to hear and discern what is God saying. What is God saying? Are, are we hearing what God is saying to our life today? Perhaps we need to continue to say with great haste and earnest the prayer, Oh God, give us ears. To hear. I mean, what a travesty to know God is saying something, but yet not able to hear Him because of whatever might be going on. These two, Joseph, Mary, trying to hear the voice of God. Friends, God has something to say to us. God has something to say about us because God has something He wants to do with us. Amen? It reminds me of a dad joke. You know what dad jokes are? You'll find out if you don't. What do you call a bear with no ears? Buh. Thank you for laughing. That makes me feel so much better. You might get it in about a half hour if you didn't get it yet. That'll be okay to laugh. <laughs> Some of you are trying to explain it to somebody. I see that now. I'm on every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Our coming Savior. Today we're talking about, obviously, Joseph and Mary. And really, I want to want to hit on the theme and the point of moving forward. Moving forward. A lot of times I think we see Christmas, we think about Christmas, it's about a coming to a halt, coming to a time of silence and standstill to mesmerize the beauty and the majesty of Jesus which is absolutely right and appropriate for us to pause and to reflect and to be thankful and and all of those things but it's also a time to understand Jesus came into this world to move our lives forward because Israel at that time was stuck in a day of silence they had been stuck in silence from hearing God's voice for hundreds of years it was a dark period in their life And they had been praying, just like Joseph and Mary, they were praying for the Messiah to come. Little did they know he would come through them. And God was answering the prayers of all the wonderful people who had been praying throughout the years. And God was about to answer their prayer, and he sent an angel to both of them. Now, the accounts of these two, Joseph and Mary, Mary's account was told by Luke, and we're going to look at that here in a second. Joseph's account of the story was told by Matthew. So let's take a moment and look at Scripture here, Luke chapter 1, and it's going to be on the screen for your following because I've chosen to read it today from the message translation. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to be married, to a man descended from David. That man's name is Joseph, and the virgin's name is Mary. Upon entering... The angel Gabriel greeted her, saying, Good morning. What an alarm clock. An angel of God wakes you up. He says, You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. And God be with you. Well, she was thoroughly shaken, of course, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. ha <laughs> You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And here's what he says about him. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. We were just singing about that this morning. A powerful name. And his is the kingdom, and his is the glory, and to it will never end. In verse 34, Mary said to the angel... But how, I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? You didn't know he was a southern angel. Old as she is, look at her getting pregnant. She's old. She did it. Everyone called her barren and her, and here she is in in six months, she's pregnant. Nothing you see, the angel said, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. It makes sense. I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. So Mary has her account, her interaction with God through an angel Let's look at Joseph's account as told by Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. Same translation as well. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. The birth of Jesus took place like this, Matthew says. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. He ain't know nothing about that. Joseph, chagrined but noble... Determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus, meaning God saves because he will save his people from their sins. And this would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term, talking about Isaiah, who said, Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew for God with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary. But he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby, and he named the baby Jesus. Let's pray over this word today. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to be with family, our spiritual family and some natural family today, sharing the faith that is in Jesus Christ, the name above all names. And at this season, and hour of time, we come to celebrate, commemorate the birth of our Savior. And today, as we open your word, Lord, truly, Give us ears to hear what you're saying and help us, oh God, to put it to work in our life so that our lives can move forward in the way that you see fit. We honor you and we are thankful today in Jesus' name. And everybody agree can say amen Amen. and amen. Notice Luke dedicates about 13 verses to describing Mary's account with the angel letting her know, hey, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You will get pregnant and have a child and all, the, all of those things that we just read about. Then he dedicates another 17 verses after that, showing what Mary did after she got the news. Said she didn't waste too much time. She got up, went to Elizabeth's house, which a little ways away, and she stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. Now, Elizabeth was six months pregnant at the time, as the angel said, as Luke recorded. And then she stayed with Elizabeth for about three months to do the math, pretty close to time. For Elizabeth is the mother of John the Baptist, who is the cousin of Jesus, who is the forerunner of the Messiah. Okay? And so he dedicates about 13 verses to that, and then another 17 to explain what she did after. She got excited. She was, she was pretty happy. She, was, she accepted what was going on. She gave a uh, an impromptu... Uh, uh, Course of praise that's recorded there in Luke, and uh, but notice what Matthew does. Matthew gives about eight verses. Tell the dude's story. Tell the guy's side of the story. Only about eight verses to tell how it happened, how it went down. I think that was a way of God's divine humor being displayed in the Christmas story. How women usually, on average, it's estimated, say about twenty thousand words a day. While men, it's estimated to say about seven to 10,000 words a day. So you see that Luke described on Mary's account way more than double what Matthew got for, for Joseph's account. I think it's God's way of saying, hey, this is how it is. This is how it's going to be, and nothing's going to change. Women say more than men. Men just kind of stick to, how was your day? It was good? All right. How, uh, you ask a lady how her day was. Well, let me just tell you, when I got to work this morning and I walked into the office, and there, there you are, 15 words in five seconds. Uh, but let me just tell you, as a, as a man married to a wonderful woman, I appreciate those elaborate stories of detail that give my life meaning and remind me that no, not every story that she says needs the man to fix It just means she would just like me to shut up and listen for a while. (laughs) Except when I preach, I do get to speak, so there we go. God's sense of humor. So, Matthew and Luke telling the story of Mary and Joseph and about hearing God's voice, discerning what was going on and trying to trying to make sense of, of what was happening. It was, this, was, this didn't happen every day. There, there was only one immaculate conception. That was it. It never has happened again. And guess what? It will not happen again. So if anybody ever comes up and tells you, hey, guess what? The Holy Spirit got me pregnant. Well, who's the, who's the father? I ain't been with nobody. I we'll tell them, they alive.
3: Because
2: <laughs> that don't happen anymore. That happened one time and one time alone. And that was to bring in the Son of God, the Savior. Of the world, so they're trying to figure this out. You see, they had plans. Anybody ever have plans? It's nice when your plans and my plans alike they go to uh, according to plan. It's it's somewhat frustrating when our plans don't go according to plan. And see, Joseph was working on his life. He had been building this dream and he was working towards something with Mary. And and they had this life together and they had this thing planned out. They knew what they were all about. But Mary was visited by an angel and it changed everything. I think probably the biggest aspect of this story is that Jesus changes our life forever. You see, it's a beautiful picture of salvation. God coming into the life of a human through Jesus by the Holy Spirit to bring salvation and to bring life change. Same scenario with any other human today. God comes into our life by Jesus through the Holy Spirit and he brings salvation and significant life change. I do believe that when a person encounters the love and the power of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, that our lives truly will not ever be the same again. We are on a course, a new course, a trajectory toward heaven that forever changes everything you and I do on this planet. And it has a bearing effect on eternity that lasts forever and ever and has no end. The same as his kingdom, it has no end. And so Mary and Joseph trying to sort through life. They're young and, and uh, inexperienced about a lot of things. But one thing they had was they loved each other, and they were committed to what God had for them, even though they didn't quite understand what that meant at the time. And so, give you a little background story to how engagements worked back then. A lot of some uh, of your Bible translations will use betrothed or betrothal at that time. And so the the kind of the custom. Of, of that betrothed period, and what that looked like, it was it was more than just a mere engagement. you get engaged you 're going to get married in a few months down the road, or what have you but there 's a lot more detail involved and it, it was actually a two part process. There was the betrothal period, and then it, 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 and then it had the wedding ceremony, which was included all of the families from both sides, the bride and groom and 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 then of course, then the husband and uh, wife, the bride and groom consummate their their marriage and move forward in life and and so uh, it sounds simple, but here's, here's kind of a few more stages and levels to that. The way, the way a betrothal would work was um, the, back then, they had arranged marriages. So the bride and groom, was, they were not really consulted as to who they were going to have a choice on who they were going to marry. And it was, it was really based around the idea of, of, a, uh, of looking at the focus and the attention of the family unit overall on both sides coming together and not so much just about the bride and groom. And so the arranged marriage was also based on and focused around a, a, a commitment of, of, of love by the will and not so much about the emotion and the physical attraction. Now if you got the emotional and the physical attraction with it, you just struck gold. But that was not always the case. And so, you, and so the way it worked was the, the groom's father and family would pay the bride's father uh, a bride price. I think the word for that at the time was Mohar in, in, the, in the Hebrew, Mohar, and so in Greek. And, uh, and so it was, it was given a bride price from the groom's family to the bride's family, and that was to pay for like all the wedding expenses and to set their life up new. It was also kind of like a life insurance policy, so to speak, that if the groom decided he didn't want to go through with it, the bride's family got to keep all that money. Now, in a way, I wish that kind of worked that way today, because I got three girls, and I'm like, you want to get married, do you? Let me see the Benjamins. How big a check can his daddy write? And I'm going to keep it, and I'm going to scare him off and keep all the money. No, I'm teasing. I mean, that would be great, because, I mean, those of you with, with girls, you put a lot of money, you put a lot of money out for weddings, I hear. I'm going to find that out. A long time from now. Um, and, uh, and so, but it would be great if it really worked that way again in, in our culture, uh, you know, as far as the money bride price goes. But anyway, that's, that's what would happen. So they would, they would give the, bro- the groom's family, would pay the bride's family this bride price. It would cover a lot of these things. And, um, and, 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 and so when that bride price was paid, there, there was actual, the contract of marriage actually went into place right then. The bride and groom were legally married. That's how it worked. But you're, they were still in that betrothal period. And, that, and, and it was in that, that period where it was really designed to test fidelity and abstinence from sexual interaction. But yet they were recognized as husband and wife. They were still married, but they didn't do all the other stuff. And it tested fidelity, it tested character in that time process. And then the marriage ceremony would actually take place about a whole year later. And then followed up by the consummation of the marriage itself between the bride and groom. And so that's where Joseph and Mary found themselves. They were in that period of being betrothed. So as you can imagine, it was a cultural no-no for someone to get pregnant during that time. It was a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. And so... Mary finds herself in that position. But obviously in her heart, she's kind of already worked it out because, hey, this is God. An angel visited me. I didn't really go out asking for it. The angel visited me and told me all this. And this is how it's going to be. And then it said she went away for three months. Now, there's really no real way of knowing for sure when Mary took the time to tell Joseph. She could have either told him right after the angel came to her and she accepted it and said, okay, yes to this, before she went away for three months to Elizabeth's house, which would give them both a kind of a three-month time of processing it, kind of figuring it out and understanding it. Or she just went away pretty quickly and then told him after she came back from three months, popped it on him and said, hey, Joseph, by the way, are you listening to what I'm saying? Like the video shows. Either way, they found themselves in this place where they had to make a decision about what their life was going to look like moving forward. Now, the Matthew does tell the story of Joseph that he was a good man. He was a noble man. And it showed that he actually did not only love Mary by the commitment, but he loved Mary emotionally because it said that he was trying to do, uh, figure a way out and, 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 and divorce her privately now he was still wanting to do that he wanted to divorce her meaning she, her family got to keep all that, that bride price money and it, but he said he wanted to do it quietly because here's the deal the law of the time said you could divorce quietly or you could make a big deal out of it and you could even go as far as saying if the bride's pregnant and it's not yours child's not yours and you could stone her to death now that's whack but that's how it worked that was the custom. that was the law at the time. But he it was a good man. God knew his heart. God knew what to get what to do, how to speak to him and what to say to him, to get him to understand a few things. And so he's like, "I, I don't want to disgrace her." I don't want to disgrace her family. I don't, want to, I don't want to disgrace my family. I just want this to be quietly done away with, and a secret divorce will go our separate ways. And so the Bible, uh, Matthew describes it there, Matthew 1, that, he, that said Joseph was trying to figure a way out as to how my life can move forward. And an angel spoke to him in a dream and told him, hey, you don't need to be afraid because what's happening with Mary is of God. What, what is happening in your life is of God. And here's the deal, that, that, that whole child thing, that is Jesus. That is the Messiah, and he is going to come into this world to save your life and to save humanity. And he's going to establish his throne, he's going to establish his kingdom, of which there will be no end, and life will never be the same. Now, it will not be the same for you anymore, Joseph, literally, in your life, your life is about to uh, be turned upside down. Your life is about to be changed. But he said, you need to roll with it, you need to go with it, and you you need to be okay with it, because this is God. God. And sometimes, folks, let's just be honest, there are some times in life where it doesn't make sense, but if you, when you know God's hand is in the middle of it, and you don't know how it all is going to play out and work out, but if we will trust Him, He always has a way of working things out. And so, but Joseph went to sleep thinking, I need to figure a way out of this on my own. I need to save myself. I need to fix this wrong. I need to course correct this, and we need to be able to go our separate ways and move forward in life. But God had other plans. Friends, you and I will always have plans, but it is the purpose of God that will prevail. The purpose of God will always prevail. And so that's where they found themselves. Now, here's the, here's the deal. Both of them, on their separate accounts, had an angel visit them. And both of them, on separate accounts, the angel spoke to each of them at their time and said, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So if he told them to not be afraid, they were probably afraid, right? Why? Because the the fear of the unknown, fear of how it's going to work out, fear of what people will think. How are we going to explain this one? (laughs) Oh, the Holy Spirit, you know, God, yeah, he did this. He's the one who made this happen. And everybody, you can imagine the conversations going through their mind about what the townspeople would say, about what the faith community would say, about what their family would even say. I mean, come on, that's that's a pretty far-fetched deal. But here's the deal. Here's the reality of that situation. It was built on prophecy many years earlier. And so because God spoke his plan hundreds of years earlier through the voice of the prophets, and they had the courage and the obedience to speak it out loud, and it actually get recorded down in history that through the ages they would read the scrolls, and they would flip to the scroll of Isaiah seven fourteen, and they would see what it would say, that a virgin would conceive, and she would have a child, and she would wrap him in swaddling clothes. That would be the sign. And so because God spoke it then, and it was time for it to come to pass at that moment in time, Joseph and Mary came to the agreement, God entering in their life, speaking to them, them actually hearing what he had to say. They understood that this was God's perfect will for their life but they still had to wrestle with fear. They still had to wrestle without being afraid. And so and, and in these last few minutes, I just want to leave us with a couple of thoughts that, get kind of, that stick out about this story is um, about their life. They were trying to figure a way out to move forward. They had their plan. They had their thought. They had it mapped. But now God literally was flipping it upside down and changing it every which way. And friends, I just want to tell you, that's what Jesus is good at. He's good at changing our life. But he's good at changing it for the better. Though we all, at different times, will have to go through some dark seasons. Though at different times we're all going to have to experience the loss of loved ones. Though at different times we're going to have to watch friends and family suffer because of sickness and sin that's in this world. Though at times we're going we're gonna to have some uh, conflicting relational issues that happen in our life. We're going to go through some periods of life that don't make a lot of sense. We're sometimes in that life where people won't really agree with the decisions that we make, but yet in our heart we know this is what God wanted us to do. And that was happening in everyday life at that moment in time. And Jesus stepped into the world, as Lindsay put it in a very humble way, yet changed this world. And that is what Jesus does. He, he will change our life if we will let him. I know we have plans, I know we have desires, I know we have things we want to do, dreams we want to fulfill, places we want to go, people we want to meet, things we want to accomplish, but friend, if it has nothing to do with God's will, then we're just wasting our breath and our energy and our time and our money and all of those things. Joseph and Mary were good at heart. They had good intentions, good plans in place. They were pure But God came and changed it. God stepped in and changed everything. And it just goes to show, this story shows us that if we will just say yes to God, He will change our life and He will change our situation. And he will put broken pieces together again. He will heal broken hearts. He will mend wounded souls. He will, he, will, he will bridge and restore and reconcile relationships that have been torn. He will put you in places where the enemy has robbed you. And he will put you in a place where God himself will bless you. If we'll just say yes to him. Amen. And I know there's been quite a few of you in our church family and connected with our church that... That you've had a, you've had quite a year. You've had quite a year that has been heartbreaking. It's been difficult. It's been it's been taxing on your own physical bodies, taxing emotionally and mentally and spiritually. A lot of you've been fighting some battles and going through some things. And the, and, and and the Lord just wants you to know that if we will continue to if you will just continue to say yes to Him. He will continue to give you what you need in order to go through what you're going through. Now you're not meant to stop there and camp out there and build a house there and put an address there. No, you're meant to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You were meant to walk through the fire. You were meant to walk through the flame. You were meant to walk through it and not stay in it. But several, at many points in life it feels like the fire and the flame and the issues and the pressures of life are burning and they're going to take you down but if you will continue to say yes to god he has a plan he has a purpose and friend he has a way of working things out i wish i could give you abc and xyz and tell if you do one two three and all these steps everything in your life will will be just like this it'll be like a connect the dot picture that you that you do and color in and it creates whatever but that's not exactly how it works that is not exactly how God even works. He, we have to trust him to step from point A, and when he says there's B, step to B, and where there's C, step to C, and just keep trusting him and following him. The guarantee that he provides is your feet will be sturdy. Your walk will be strong. Though you feel like you're in the dark at times. And so the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that today. If, if you, you've been battling some physical ailments this year, you've been dealing with the loss of loved ones. That, that So many, just unexplained, so many tragedies, so many things just have happened to people we care about that don't make, they don't make any sense. And it hurts our hearts. It grieves our souls. So many things happening to, to us, so many hap, happening to us things happening to people we care about that they're going through some issues and going through some suffering right now. It just doesn't make any sense. You don't have an answer for but I do believe that the, the hope that this story of Joseph and Mary provides is that if we just continue to say yes because the moment you stop saying yes is the moment your life stops. We don't have to have the next answer to just say yes to God. God's just looking for a willing vessel to say yes. That if a willing vessel will continue to say yes to Him, yes to Him, yes to Him, He will move your life forward. He'll move your life forward through... The ailment. He'll move your life forward through the affliction. He'll move your life forward through the pain. He'll move your life forward through the chaos. He'll move your life forward through the disappointment. He will move your life forward when you don't have the, all the answers, but He will move your life forward if you will just continue to say yes. So many times I've seen people who have such tremendous power and potential from God in their life, but they just stopped saying yes. And as a result, their life went down the tubes. Their life went chaotic and even more crazier than it was. And all the while, all God was looking for is just say yes, just say yes, just say yes, just say yes, just say yes. You might not be able to muster up anything else but a nod to heaven, and God sees the nod, and you might be able to voice a yes on earth is a yes in heaven, a no on earth is a no in heaven. And so whatever you agree with that God has for you, he says... I will cause it to come to pass in your life. Just keep saying yes is how we keep our lives moving forward in God's will and God's provision and God's plan for our life. I know if you're like me, you like to have it all mapped out. You like to have it 3D'd. Print it out with a 3D printer, man. You can touch it, you can feel it, you can hold it, you can smell it, you can, ooh, this is good, this is God's plan. I just love it when I know all the things that God wants to do. Absolutely, man. It, it, I'm no longer scared anymore. Or will I be? God knows how much we can handle, how much we can hold, how much we can deal with. And he knows when to say it and how to say it. And he was saying it. He said, the time has come. Now's the time. Jesus is to enter your life. Jesus is going to change it if we'll just keep saying yes. Amen? If we'll just keep saying yes. And so I want to just leave you with these last couple thoughts is this. Is that for for Joseph and Mary to move forward in their life, they had to not be afraid of some things. They had to not be afraid, first of all, to forgive and hold no offense towards one another. And towards God. Come on, think about it. The angel visited Mary first and not Joseph to give him, hey, here's a heads up. Joseph had to deal with that to not hold anything against Mary, to not hold anything against God. In other words, they had to not be afraid to trust God, surely. Friend, what about you? You have to not be afraid to forgive people who've wronged you. You have to not be afraid to Let go of offense where people have disappointed you. Come on, you live enough days. You live five days in this world. People are going to get on your nerves. People are going to disappoint you. And people are going to let you down. But it sure isn't worth holding on to. Unforgiveness and offense, bitterness. No, don't let that stuff grow. Don't let that stuff fester, especially at Christmas. This is the hour, this is the season where there's supposed to be joy unspeakable and peace filling our hearts. How does that happen? We don't. Hold grudges. Amen. We just don't. We just don't. We let God in through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And we just determine, I'm not going to do it. And you may even have to forgive yourself. Sometimes our self is the one we need to actually forgive more. Because we're hard on ourselves. We expect so much of ourselves. We're our worst enemy we got to for- forgive ourselves. And so Joseph and Mary for them to move forward, they had to not be afraid to trust God by forgiving and holding no offense. I think another another area of this story teaches us for them to move forward, they had to not be afraid to obey God no matter what. And no matter what. Cuz think about it, they had to face their family. They had to go home and tell their parents, Hey, Mary's pregnant. We're not really, like, for real married yet. And, no, I'm not the dad, but, you know, God is. <laughs> Joseph, what did you smoke before you came to my house? I mean, they had to face their family. They had to face their closest friends around them. <laughs> like... What? Come on. Come on. You going to pull the God card on us? (laughs) They had to face the public. Those were some tight-knit communities back then. They had to face their faith family, too. I mean, think about it. They had to not be afraid to obey God no matter what. And, friend, that, that sometimes can be a real scary place especially when you gotta face a lot of different people and you know that you know that you know that you know that you know you're supposed to do it and you hope that people are cool with it but if not you have the courage enough to still stay with it right and then lastly I'll leave you with this for their life Joseph and Mary's life to move forward I think they I think it teaches us this too is that they had to not be afraid to face tomorrow had to not be afraid to face tomorrow. Some, some people have that are just so deep in depression and oppression and grief and sorrow, they don't want to face tomorrow. They don't want to do it because they, they don't know what lies ahead and they just don't know if they can actually do it for a lot of different reasons. Joseph and Mary, to, they had to not be afraid to face tomorrow. It reminds me of a story that took place a long time before this story back in Genesis, way back in the beginning with our third part of the patriarch family, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob was born a deceiver and a supplanter. He was a manipulator, and he did that his whole life. But he was actually trying to move life forward and move forward with the right heart and the right intention. So he was going to actually make things up with his brother Esau that he had deceived years earlier. He'd taken his whole family and everything he owned, and they was traveling to him. It said, And he sent his whole family across the river, and he stayed there, and it said that he was alone. And it said God visited Jacob that night, and they wrestled all night long. Jacob was so determined to win, so determined, man, to get the upper hand, that he wrestled with God all night long. And finally, as the sun was rising, the tomorrow was coming. God said, enough. Touched Jacob's hip, dislocated it, and the scripture teaches us, teaches us that from then on Joseph walked with a limp. In other words, Joseph, or excuse me, Jacob's encounter with God changed the way he walked, and it changed the way he lived, and it changed his view. No longer was Joseph walking upright like this, thinking so much of himself. Or I keep saying Joseph, Jacob. Jacob kept, lived life like this, had an encounter with God, and he walked more like this. And it changed who he was. But that struggle lasted all night until the sun came up the next day. Joseph had to face his tomorrow. But he didn't face his, gummit. why am I so stuck on Joseph? Because I'm talking about, you know, (laughs) Joseph and Mary. Yeah, I do this for a living, right? God help me. I'll never be invited anywhere else again, right? (laughs) Jacob faced his tomorrow, but he faced his tomorrow with God in his life. And friends, the only way you and I can face our tomorrows and not be afraid of it is to welcome Jesus in. Is to keep saying yes to His plan. Amen? Amen. Can you guys stand? I want to pray for you.
3: Well, Pastor Jeremy was talking earlier, and I don't do this unless (laughs) the Lord wouldn't leave me alone on this, but all the promises of God for Israel are good for us believers, because we are the Israel, right? Mm-hmm. So Isaiah 43. So this is a promise. <clears throat> but now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob. 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 <laughs> and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And I feel like I need to read that to reinforce as a promise from the Lord.
2: Isaiah 43. Isaiah
3: 43, verses 1. You can read the whole chapter, but these are... Verses 1 through 3, basically.
2: Okay. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Thomas, for that. Um, listen, today, I want to pray for you as we end. And uh, we definitely have been reminded of some great things today. The name of Jesus above all names. That when we go through life, he's with us. And if we'll keep saying yes to him, he'll be strong inside of us and give us what we need in order to do it according to his will and not our own will. Amen. So today, if, if you're here today, and um, whatever is going on in your, your world, maybe you've, you've been battling some physical ailments, maybe, uh, maybe you've had some tough issues on the job, maybe at home, um, whatever it is you identify with today that, that seems to be a pretty big issue in your life, uh, we, I want to pray for you today. And, and um, if, if, Let's do it this way. If you just want to say to the Lord, hey, I need prayer uh, I'm not going to call you up front, so I'm not going to do any of that before, you, before I trick you into raising your hand or anything. So, but if you want prayer, just lift your hand so I can just see you, acknowledge you there. Wow, okay. If we, let's do it this way then. If you've got a hand raised, you see somebody with their hand raised, just kind of brotherly, sisterly way, be with them, t- touch their shoulder, let them know you're there. And just going to pray for these folks today. And when you're acknowledging what's happening, but you're also saying, God, I don't want to stay in this position. I don't want to continue for it to to carry on the way it is. I want there to be change. I want there to be a difference. I want heaven to come down and be strong in my life. Amen? Let's do this. Let's pray for these folks today. God Almighty, we stretch our hands out. We lay hands on these today by faith according to your word. So, Lord God, I pray today, we're just saying yes right now. We're saying yes to you. Just say yes. That's all you got to say. Just say yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Whatever the need is, whatever the situation is, whatever is happening in in these lives right now, we say yes to you, and we say, heaven, come down. Holy Spirit, come. Presence of God, touch these lives go right into the heart, go right to the core, go right to the root, go right to where they are hurting and feeling what it is that's going on. We curse sickness and disease. We curse the spirit of infirmity. God, we, we we cancel out the assignment of hell against their life, the strategies of the devil that have been planned to come against your saints today. We stop them right now with the shield of faith and in the unity of hope and agreement right now by the Spirit Spirit of God and Lord, those who are down, those who are who are grieving, and those who are in sorrow, we pray, O oh God, that their mourning will come and that joy is promised to come with the mourning. That Lord, the spirits of those who are who are down and downcast today, we say, arise in the hope of the glory of God. For God, you say, you are the glory and the lifter of our head. Help us to not look down, but help us to look up in a Hopeful expectation that Jesus is coming and is coming into our life to change us and to make things different and to make things better in us. Oh God, come with the fullness of your Spirit now, I pray. Be released in this house, be released in these hearts, and be released in the homes of your people here today, oh God. Touch them heal them restore them and make them whole so god we can be like joseph and mary that where all we do is say yes to you that we will not fear tomorrow, we will not fear people, we will not be afraid to let go of our plan and to pick up your purpose. Today, O God, we say yes to you and we will move forward in what you have for our lives in great strength and in great victory, with great wisdom and in good stewardship of what you bless us with. Lord, thank you for being with us this Christmas and reminding us Jesus has come And he's come to change the world in which we live. In the name of Jesus we pray.